speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Well, but incest. And masturbation. Oh, no, sorry, masturbation was the other one. That was the lighthouse, wasn't it? Aye, that was that. Mm-hmm. Listen, if Rob Black's almost a wee turkey or a little mermaid doll, I'm fucking be. I, I just don't need shows, it? Exactly. Well, hello, fellow morons. Um, excuse the the voice that's coming from me here. I'm uh, really suffering from man flu. As a, you sound like a big smoker. What was that? Sorry. You sound like a really heavy smoker. Have fifty fags tonight before we've even started. Uh, no, is that it's got to the point, guys, and this is when I know it's really really serious that I'm not even having a beer tonight. I'm just gonna have just having some water. Um, a bit a big change in my life. This. Um, but thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us, guys. Um, we are going to be talking about Burnsy's picks for this week, which we will come on to in a little minute. Um, we did, uh, just briefly before we came live there, uh, reminded the guys of what the films were for last week that we scored. Um, we're going to see if Burnsy can remember, because he's literally just asked me, Burnsy, what were the two movies for last week? And bonus points if you can tell me the scores. Well, I can get everyone because I actually took a note out of my computer, so Check I'm going to get it right. Well, you shouldn't have told him that. You should have just read it off. <laughs> no, when I got the scores, they would have been a bit dubious of how good my memory was. Uh, so it was Boil on Point, uh, which I think I thought was pretty decent. And no, or did you not like it, Daniel? I can't remember. I was it was a 3.1 overall, so that suggested to me it was middle ground for everyone. Um and then Back to the Future 2, which Sean loved and Evdale shot on, I think. Which yeah. <laughs> is fair enough. Which is put, I'm, a, I'm a bit worried about these ones because I've got a feeling that a few might... Maybe I'm wrong, but I've got a feeling that a couple of these might have really not enjoyed one of the films. Um, I'm very intrigued about these two and what everyone's thought. Because, like, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm really interested in what you've all got to say about these. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, Burnsy, you've led it on really nicely. Introduce your films for this week and you just take it away whenever you're ready. Okay. You got a preference of what we're doing first? Your rodeo this week, mate. Your rodeo. Right. Um, So the first one I picked was Silver Linings Playbook and that was... I hadn't seen seen it, which will come as no surprise to anyone, but I was looking through uh, Chris Tucker's other films that he'd done and I knew he wasn't a big part in this, but I looked at the looked at a brief synopsis of it and I thought it sounded quite interesting. And the second one was The Wrestler, which I was wanting to some find some kind of sports film. Um, so I chose that, which was also something I hadn't watched because I was originally going to go with, to go with something I had previously watched. But I knew that all yous would have seen the films I was looking at too, so I thought this might have been a wee bit different. So... Right. I'll start on the one which I'm least concerned about um, in terms of what you think. So I'll start with the wrestler. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting because although it was 
focused on wrestling to an extent. There was also a lot of other things that were going on in terms of Randy's like health issues, his relationship with his daughter, and also the, the romance angle with Cassidy um, and the work struggles he had, which you could imagine when you see some stories that come out with wrestlers when they do retire, you can sort of, you can see that being sort of quite similar to real life in terms of some that go in a downward spiral. They've not got we don't know what they're going to do when they finish up and they really struggle with that because obviously they're just used to being in front of big crowds, getting all their, uh, all their fans and that was that's obviously the main main thrill they get in their life. Um, I thought the actress who played Cassidy, I thought she was the best in the film, but I thought Mickey was pretty decent as well. And they also came across quite believable, I thought, in his character. Um, so I think that was, I think it was quite good casting. The scenes in the supermarket I thought were were quite good in terms of you could see from his expressions that the struggles that he was having and how he wasn't used to that kind of workplace. Um, the wrestling, it was the very start of it. Like I struggled to watch part of it. Part of it when there was like it was really gruesome. I thought in terms of the barbed wire, the staple guns, and the amount of blood in that that really put me off. I was finding myself like looking away for the telly because it was just. It was just too much for me. Like I know, obviously, it's not. It's not. I know it's a film, and it's not real and whatever. But just seeing that kind of stuff, I'm just like, it just went over the top for me. Well, see that guy. He is an actual deathmatch wrestler. Um, I think most of the guys in it. Like, you, did you notice? Uh, Arthur? Yeah, uh, I noticed. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've never seen Little Jimmy though. Sorry. <laughs> never seen Little Jimmy though. No, never saw. Arthur. <laughs> I, I, but I thought that I wasn't sure going through the film whether maybe I'm just heartless but I didn't really see, feel much sympathy towards Randy like I don't know whether that is how it's meant to come across like I know I'd get it was lonely I did feel sorry for him in that that part of it but like he's obviously abandoned his daughter when he's when she's been really young he's not made any effort like to keep in touch like I know people could look like he might have moved to the other side of the country or whatever but he's obviously not even phoned. I don't know where she stayed. He didn't have, well, I don't even know how he actually managed to know where her house was right enough because at first it was as if he didn't even have a clue where she was. Um, obviously meets up with her, but then after he gets rejected by Cassidy, he decides to go and get smashed and snort cocaine and misses the meal with her. <laughs> and then it was as if the film was given off the vibe as if you should feel sorry for him because his daughter's like turned her back, his back, her back on him, and also when Cassidy turns him down a couple of times, you could, I thought you could see she was quite torn throughout the film though. In terms, she did care about him, but she was also making the point because her job as a stripper, she couldn't she couldn't go there basically, um, and he seemed to take everyone just to heart. So I was kind of like, I didn't really feel. Like not that not the end of the film in terms of I wasn't as if I was disappointed that he got his big moment in the the rematch that he had, but I don't know whether if a film was made you supposed to feel really sorry for him and compassionate. I didn't really get that watching the film, but at the same time I didn't feel as if I wanted anything ridiculous to happen to him. It's like I wasn't as if I was wanting him to collapse in the ring that it looked as if he could at could at one stage in the film. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was. It was good for me. Um, I don't think any sort of sports films are going to be anything that blows you away. 
but I thought it was I thought it was written quite well because I say it was seems as if it was quite a realistic and you can imagine other people that retire from any sport I guess that have been at, the, at a high level and the only thing I guess it didn't really do was they didn't show this just came to my head just now but they didn't really show his downfall like it just sort of started when he's in this cat uh, caravan or what he was staying in so didn't really know how he got to that stage which might have been something they could have added but yeah that's that's my that's my thoughts and I'll see what Daniel thinks um I, I, I love this film like I genuinely think this is brilliant um I know what you're saying about the sympathy aspect because he's not a good man, but no. for, for a bit of disclosure, um, I'm probably the biggest, easily the biggest wrestling geek in this little group here. Um, I know that the rest of you are all quite casual, but I'm one of these folks that's listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts about people's careers and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it feels so realistic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was called the true life story of fucking, I don't know, Jake the Snake Roberts. It would have been believable. I mean, I think that what you see him going through, which is a combination of drugs, right? So it wasn't. It's not just steroids. It's painkillers. It's yeah, fucking yeah. cocaine. It's like uppers, downers, everything that you need, right? And it's the biggest drug for him though was the success and the crowd and that high yeah. that you can't ever replicate. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to relive what he was. 20 years before, and he, he's never going to get it again. And I just think every moment of the film is just getting further and further away from him. Um, there's loads of really good moments for me. Like, see when he goes to the signing, like the fan autograph signing, and you see him just slowly looking around at what he is. I mean, I don't think he didn't see himself as like an over-the-hill, has-been old man. But then he goes there, and all his colleagues and compatriots that he wrestled with coming up, they're all old men. The guy's got like the fucking piss bag hanging at the bottom of his ankle. And like, yeah, I, thought because, I thought he did because, like, obviously, he's had, I went to say, he's like, how he had obviously got taken to the hospital and that. And then he's, you can tell he's got struggles of getting back to yeah. fitness. I thought it was more just to show him as if he was struggling. Obviously, just wanted that last hurrah, I guess it looked to me. But maybe uh, that's different to what I've got a different opinion to that. And that's good. That's why I love this film. I think it's a really well-made movie that you can you can take a lot of different things from. Like from that point, I thought it's him suddenly realizing, "Oh shit, I'm one of these people." I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just a fucking washed-up old man who's had a heart attack who can't do anything, and he's seeing yeah. nothing going on in his life. And it was after that they went and asked for the more shifts in the mm-hmm. supermarket, if I remember correctly. But um, it's all his own doing. But I still feel really sorry for them. I mean, and I think this is one of those big things that a huge percentage of wrestlers, I'm saying a huge percentage, but an unusually large percentage of wrestlers end up committing suicide, die really young, um, through things like heart attacks, through all the stuff that they put in their body. When you read about any story of any wrestler um, like this, none of them have relationships with their families. None of them. Like they've got abandoned kids all over the place. Um, and I think that comes from, I think the way they're portraying it is when they keep going, because they kept saying, oh, there'll be scouts of the show there. Um, and they're going back to his headline event, the AA or whatever. I'm assuming that they're saying that, that was that's the fictional version of WWE that they're talking yeah. uh-huh. about. So he's been part of that at his, the, the height or his peak of his career. 
he was probably on on the road three hundred days a year or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a really good movie about desperation, about losing your dreams. Like, even though he must know deep down that he's only wrestling in front of eighty people in a fucking a school fucking hall or a bingo hall or some shit, mm-hmm. he's still going to get his tan. He's still going to the fucking gym. He's still got all his gear. He still goes and gets his hair done, and he's got no fucking money to live. Like yeah. all of his money goes into trying to make it back to the big time, and he's never going to get it. Um, I love the ending as well because you could take it as does he die in that thing? Because that because I took, sure it, it, I took it that he died, but then other people that agree with his triumphant moment, and mm-hmm, they leave it at the right moment for me that mm-hmm. he, this is the end at one way or another. It's either going to be his last match and he's going to retire and he's going to go and be with the stripper and have a relationship with his daughter and everything will be good. Or, because he was, his heart was going during the match, he kept nearly collapsing. I think the way that, because Stan Aronofsky that makes this film, it's the same guy that made like Black Swan and a lot of other good movies and even just like the little noises and like the sharp noises when you see him like holding at his heart, it made me feel fucking like, oh shit, like they're sick yeah. together. And then my interpretation came from it that he probably died after jumping off that top though. And I quite like that. But no, see, I think it's a good film. I think it's really well made. I think it's really well acted. I think Mickey Rourke, I remember there was a big uproar that he missed out on the Oscar for this. Um, I do think it was a fucking brilliant performance. I think he's perfect for this. I don't think anyone else could have done it like him it's fucking brilliant because he is he looks like a beat up Paul Zessler because in his own life he did have this it's a similar to his real life I think that's why he suits it so much if you don't know about Mickey Zook but he was a big movie star in the 80s and then he went fucking mental and he ended up doing like bare knuckle he ended up doing boxing he had like a 10 fight boxing career mm-hmm. um, his face all got fucked up and then he tried to get surgery to fix his face and all this sort of stuff and I think it's quite similar to his life it was like this was like a redemption for Mickey Rourke. He'd done nothing for years and years and years. And then after this, he got the Iron Man gig and he got like, he was really, he's now a well-known name again. Um, but no, I, I like this a lot. I'm a big fan. I was very happy when you picked it. Um, this is probably the fifth time I watched it and I, I still very much enjoy it. So Just to uh, jump in here um, whilst I've had all my coughing out for a little minute. Um, usually we would come to Hunter to discuss some trivia and he'd drop little tidbits of knowledge in there, but we've not even addressed the fact that he's not even here tonight. Oh, uh, <laughs> <Missing> <laughs> <him> <laughs> We do apologise. The, the guys forgot about you, mate. What can I say? Um, so Hunter is uh, taking a, a wee annual leave tonight. Uh, I think he actually has to do his real job, but he actually gets paid some money for. But I thought I'd just jump in um, the little discussion you boys were having there regarding the, the ending of it here. Um, i seen this as part of the trivia. It says, during the director's AMA on Reddit, Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. revealed the fate of the Ram. He does, in fact, die at the end of the film. Oh, does he? Confirmed. See, I was just going to add to that, Daniel, when you said at the ending, it's like there was one, I thought either he died or he lived, but obviously his daughter's cut him out and Cass- Cassidy's left him. Like during the match, so I was like, she's obviously, she's obviously left him no interest because he's after her begging him not to wrestle again. He's just went ahead and done it in any case, which was obviously. But just when you were talking there, it's like it made me think more about it. It's in terms of like you say, if you're traveling that much, then 
fair enough, you might have you might have you you might have relationships obviously with your family still and your kids and your wife and whatever, but out with that, you're not gonna be able to have loads of friends hanging about, which was obviously when that he finds comfort in going to shows and meeting the fellow wrestlers and maybe getting smashed or taking taking cocaine or whatever because he's not got any friends he can just phone up. So I do, I do actually get get more now after you saying about how it shows his loneliness. I think it was more just the fact of how he treats the two women in his life is a bit rank, really, and how he has that yeah. argument with the stripper as well. And just because he starts becoming really aggressive to her when she won't give him a dance after him, rejects him. And it's just like, it's not really a nice way. To, it's not a nice way you would treat anyone, no matter what you were asking them. Just it looks like he was going to square up to Hitler at one point. Yeah, he's Can definitely you? a good man. He's a man with what's the way that the Americans term demons. He's got his demons. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. right. Another good point for the loneliness was uh, it actually made me feel really sad, especially the first time I saw it, when he gets the wee local kid to come in and play Nintendo well. Mm-hmm. It's like old fucking game for like yeah. days. And he's like, Oh, do, do you know what Call of Duty 4 is? And he's like, What? Like, it doesn't have a clue. The wee guy won't even mm-hmm. sit and play with him anymore. He's just on his own. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, I, it's the first time I'd ever seen it. Uh, obviously, I used to be right into wrestling. I've not watched it in about five, six years or whatever, but I'm surprised I never watched it when it first came out because it is something that obviously I was interested in at the time. Uh, I thought Mickey Rook was absolutely brilliant. Uh, just everything that you've said, Daniel, about like it, it looks like he used to be a wrestler. Like he, just like all beat up, he, he looks like he, he does look like shit. Let's be honest, uh, and obviously that does make sense for all the the kind of years of trouble that that he had or kind of hard times that he, he fell under in the nineties and whatever. Uh, just what I touch on the end and like the way I took it, like I took it that he died as well. But like when he was on the top rope, you could obviously he's had the the heart pain through the like the chest pain throughout the match. But when he's on the top rope. He's about to do whatever it is he was about to do when he jumps off. He kind of smirks a wee bit, smiles as if he's content. Like he knows he's going to die. That's his content that he's going out doing that. Yeah. Like, I, that's the kind of thing I took for it. Uh, but yeah. I'm delighted that they didn't actually show him dying, collapsing, all that. Because it was fairly obvious like, when he had the heart attack that he was going to go wrestle again. And it was obvious that there would be complications for that. I'm just glad that it never went down that route. He's collapsing the ring and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I thought they'd done it really well. Because I was kind of expecting them to go down that route of watching him collapse and all that stuff. Uh, so it was quite nice to see them do it this way and leave it at least open to interpretation at the time. I don't know when the guys confirmed that he died or whatever, but I did like that. Uh, I thought uh, Aunt May, I'm going to call her Aunt May because I can't remember the character name and the actress name, I can't pronounce it, so I'll call her Aunt May. I, I thought she was really good as well. Uh, I did like the, the kind of when they were on screen together, it was they had quite, quite good chemistry. Uh, similar to, to Daniel, I did I had a lot of sympathy with him about the film, and I know that I really shouldn't because he wasn't really a nice guy, but like, the scenes with his daughter and stuff like that, uh, like I, I can't relate to it at all, but like it was quite... Uh, I, I just fe- I really felt for him, like when he first went to see her, he's obviously phoned up, uh, and then I believe it was a, was it a partner that answered the phone. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously like, she just wants nothing to do with him. And like the kind of wee look in his face, he played it really well. And then when he goes back again with the presence and stuff, and she's obviously like, you could see she's a bit grateful for the coat and stuff like that. And then 
uh, there was one point where they were out and then like he's greeting and all that and then she she just kind of chased after him a wee bit, put her arm, kind of linked arms and then rested her head on the chest. I, I don't know, I got kind of drawn in by that and I, I was like, oh, that's quite nice. <laughs> and then, that gave me a wee emotion just you describing uh, it there, Sean. I, 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 it I, I was, and it's like, like for something that like I can't relate to and, like, and it's just, I don't know, it kind of made me think like, oh, I would hate to, if, if I had a child and then I wasn't there for them or whatever. I would hate to be in that position and put them through that kind of thing. So it was quite, quite a. It came across really well on the screen. Uh, I what I'm trying feel to say. Like in, in in those scenarios where her life has probably been that that little run through she's had from there, where he appears out of nowhere, he showers her with a gift or two. She remembers it's her dad. She wants to give him the benefit of the doubt, and she does really try. And then he just lets her down again and again, uh, again, and it's just a vicious, vicious circle that is really difficult to deal with because there's loads of people that can have strained relationships with like a parent, and it becomes a hard job to actually bring yourself to it. But from an own experience, that when a phone call happens out of the blue years down the line, you take the phone call and you have a really pleasant conversation. And then nothing happens for months and months and years and years. And it's just, again, you get to that point, you're like, fuck. But you'll still answer the phone. Do you know what uh, I mean? Like it's, it's, it's really well done in that aspect because I, I took it as she was just so done with him. Even at, even at his first bit that he appears with her. Aye. Uh, uh, just to kind of going on on the back of what Burns is here as well about the, uh, the, well, the, the blood and stuff like that. Uh, and the first kind of what well, was the first match basically the first part of the show you wrestling uh, where he's re- he's wrestling the guy with the mohawk yeah and, yeah. and then he takes out the blade and he cuts his cell like he actually did blade his cell uh, just a wee bit of trivial thrown since Hunter's not here but he actually did blade his cell <laughs> uh, so that was really actually him cutting his cell it was fucking hard. Like, it was gruesome to watch and mm-hmm. I found it interesting to watch him like actually get the blade break it in half cut a bit off put it in tape because I always wondered that's how, how they do they, it. I, I, I'd never actually kind of look at, I never actually, I probably could have found it on the internet right enough if I wanted to, but I never actually knew that that's how they do it. It, it, it just kind of was quite kind of, I'll say, cool to see, but I didn't enjoy watching him actually stick the blade into his fucking skull. Uh, I'm a bit squeamish like, like your Craig here, and I had to look away. And the bit where, it, like, with the barbed wire cut his, oh, it was fucking, like, I, I couldn't look at that. It was absolutely minging. Uh, and that boy, I'm assuming this is the boy you were talking about, who's like a death match specialist. Uh, that was that was a hard watch. That like I, I don't know. I, I, the older I get, the more squeamish I get with blood. Like, even thinking about it now, my legs are going weak. Like fucking <laughs> sitting down. Uh, but uh, no, like, it's something that I thought I would like. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad it was picked, uh, and I'm glad I liked it. Uh, so I guess thumbs up for me. Love that. See, just to. Uh... Uh, go back to one of your points. Uh, that guy, I'm sure they just died like last month in real life. Like the deathmatch guy. Uh, the deathmatch guy. I can't remember the wrestler name. Um, but I'm also pretty sure I've not looked this up in the trivia, but I'm sure I remember it from the time. But they actually did. He did stay in, in wrestling. Like you could tell that he he looked like a wrestler in the wrestling uh, match. If you want to call it that. Um, I, they were quite well choreographed and stuff. I've always said about, about sport films, like it's, and we talked about this way, it was a boxing one we watched. Uh, the Fighter. The Fighter. Uh, I, 
boxing's the worst for me. Any boxing sport film, I'm the actual scenes with a boxing are utter pish. They're they're just so over the top, so bad. This I never got that feeling at all. I I actually never even thought about it until you mentioned it there. Uh, so like it was really well choreographed, and it actually felt like you were watching somebody wrestling. Like it never felt over the top or anything like that, which is again really good and what you would want for a sports film. What I would want for a sports film is to feel like I'm actually watching it. Aye. I think um, we made a point of white men can't jump, doing a great job. Um, and I think it's probably the best representation I forgot about this. Um, and I think in terms of accuracy, and if you're into watching wrestling, it was spot on. Do I mean like, to the point of the, the blade in, the taking off the turnbuckle, like all these little things, you can tell that when they've made this movie, they've done loads of research and they've had, they must have had consultant wrestlers and there's actual wrestlers they've got that are in the changing rooms and all that, like like mm-hmm. we said, you see our tooth and that guy's an actual wrestler. But I uh, to tie all that in with an ultimately very poignant movie, such a skill, man. Really like it. It was also quite cool, like, like see them in like the dressing room beforehand. They're obviously, I know it's like a small, as you said, like a school gym or whatever, and they're all just there. And they're just talking about points about what they'll do and stuff. Uh, again, yeah. like it Love probably that. is really, really accurate, and it's something that like I certainly haven't really seen that much. So it's kind of cool to see them because they just discuss wee bits. It's not like what I used to think when I was a wee when I was a wee boy that it's like <laughs> they rehearsed the whole twenty fucking minutes, <laughs> like yeah. four times or whatever. It's just wee bits, and and even when you're watching the actual wrestling itself, I was kind of listening out for like wee kind of verbal calls and stuff like that. And I, I don't know if it's meant to do this on purpose or if, or if I've just kind of had my ears playing tricks on me, but you can almost kind of hear like wee kind of snippets, but you can't quite make it out as if you wouldn't. And it, and that's what it would be as if you were sitting like fucking yeah. ringside as well. Exactly. So I would like to go back and actually just kind of listen to it again, but you can, I think you can hear just wee kind of spot calling and stuff like that, but they've done it so that as if you were sitting in front row that you shouldn't really, and you can't really hear it, but there's, you can hear something but I can't even quite put my finger on it. I don't know if they've done that intentionally or if it's just, as I said, me just hearing something that isn't actually there. Uh, but I would like to think that it was intentional, so I'm going to believe it was. <laughs> and just go I with that. I definitely think it was because um, that's what happens. Like they sort of call spots as they go. Um, I think it was a bit more clear in the first match with the Mohawk. Like it was a, you could sort of see it a bit more. But um, uh, even a bit for the, the change room when you mentioned that and they were going through their matches was. They were saying, oh, work the neck. But someone else is like, no, we are working the neck. And that's a real <laughs> thing because you don't want all your matches to be similar yeah. in a show. So it's uh, like, oh, I'm going to work in the leg. And it's like, okay, you take the leg, we'll take the neck. And it's like, fucking, I love that sort of stuff. That's cool. don't know why that just came to my head just now, but because I remember that there was something on WWE recently. It was like, I think it was it Reigns was meant to be fighting someday and he was going to put them through a table and then... Was it Nia Jax wanted to put Lana through a table for about the twenty fourth consecutive week, but she wasn't allowed to do it because Reigns was using the table that night. Yeah, and obviously, like you say, just when you said about working the neck and working the leg or whatever, then there's an well that was obviously all hearsay. It could be all the nonsense I've read, but that was sort of an article I read, which was a similar idea to what was in the film. I I think that's pretty accurate because I suppose if if you wanted to go and watch the wrestling, you don't want to see. If somebody gets put through a table and 
six matches in a row, it's not going to be exciting for your event. So just <laughs> keeping it fresh. But I, guys, I, would, I definitely highly recommend jumping into the, the Amazon account and watching that heels the TV show based around wrestling. It's very, very good. All we, what you're describing about the background of what goes on, what the thought, the process and stuff, it shows a lot of it. Um, it's a, and it, it was a very enjoyable TV series. I fired through the first season very quickly. I'm um, definitely watching. Do you want the Hunter's review? Go for yeah. it. Uh, I'll obviously leave, I'll leave the score out just now when we're ready for it, but he has written outstanding performance from Rook in this in this a proper Indian summer before it feels like he faded away again. Felt like you really felt the struggles he was going through during the film. Enjoyed the scenes where it looked like he was filmed on a vintage style camera, as not only was it highlighting at times the dark points and not so glamorous highlights of his current life, but also felt like it may have been the sort of technology that was around when he was on top of the world. The end yeah. scene. Yeah. Wait, just pause there. What a good fucking insight for Hunter, by the way. <laughs> I was actually going to say is that we should just get him to do reviews because he talks a lot more sense than us when he's on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a review uh, for me, it would be a lot worse than that. I wouldn't know. Uh, Mine's would be four lines. That was it. <laughs> uh, and then he, he, he goes on to say, uh, the end scene cut to black was great too. Left the audience with the question, did they finish the match or did it all end in the ring? Sorry, or did it all end in the ring having one last match with his greatest opponent? And that's uh, his review. So he, he enjoyed it. He's done well mm-hmm. there. I'm just going to jump in Steely's spot for trivia there because there's quite a, a few interesting ones I wanted to bring up. So... Um, Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was his first choice to play Randy the Ram Robinson, but the studio wanted somebody else. Johnny Depp. Not Johnny Depp. It's going to be someone that's a bit... They've got to be in decent shape, I suppose, or could get into decent shape. Um, See, this is why... You've just made a really good... He's done such a good job in this, I can't imagine anyone else playing it, but I think Sean's got an idea. Please don't say Hulk Hogan. So, no, but Hulk Hogan basically spent the whole time that this was getting bounded about but coming out claiming that he was offered it when he wasn't. Oh, fucking no doubt, man. Honestly, uh, that boy's a fucking tumour. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so fucking delusional. Do you know what I saw oh, in an interview with him? That he claimed <laughs> that the George Foreman grill was to be the Hulk Aye. grill. Uh, but he missed a phone call or some shit and then they've all come out and said it was absolute fucking nonsense he just lied about it like he does everything else oh he's a fucking wanker well he went he went on the the howard stern show claiming that he was offered that put it this way if if, if it was if it was hulk hogan that was that actually played him i wouldn't have picked this film to watch because i couldn't bear him being on my screen so (laughs) i just wouldn't have watched that (laughs) well um i don't I don't think he's going to be in the right mindset for who it was, but it wasn't Johnny Depp. But who is the versus Johnny Depp character? Who's versus? I was going to say Nicholas Cage. I was actually, I think I must have read that, but I kept my mouth shut because I knew what. Uh, I must have read it if I was going to get it right. So I was going to say well, that, but I didn't think he would. I just couldn't imagine him doing that. Not at all. There you go. So yeah, Nicholas Cage was the one that the studio wanted to do it, but the director fought and ultimately won to get Mickey Rourke instead. 
It would have been such a, a different movie. Um, Scott Siegel, the actor who portrayed a drugs dealer in the film, was then arrested a few months after the film's release for steroid possession. Ah, you, clearly, did you see them? <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's absolutely massive. Is that the bald guy? Yeah, he must be. Fucking huge, man. Um, Maybe that's why he was that worried about getting his guns. You know, when the scene he's like, he was sort of uh, saying, oh no, and then he gets, he, as if he gets roped into it because he knows he's going to get lifted for possession. I bet you. I bet you, some fucking, I bet you some DEA agent has been sat at the cinema with his family to go and see that, and he just looked at that scene and thought, I'm going to fucking see that boy. <laughs> that, would make, that would make a lot of sense. Um, the old wrestling photos of the Ram and his heyday are actually doctored photos of which former wrestler? Hulk Hogan. Oh, oh no, I, I, I know what, I think I know this one, but I think let, let Daniel have a oh, guess. Oh, first. wait, I've got a guess. Go. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn? I know why you've made that guess, Sean, because he's got the same hair. Uh, I don't know who that is. Yeah. What, a, what a guess that is, man. That's a great guess. It's it wrong, but. All oh, right. So is oh, this right. someone that actually from the 80s? This then? is an actual wrestler that has doctored the photographs to make it look like he was making it look. Um, oh. Who jumps off the top? They'll put on that back then. Dynamite Kid. Was Jimmy Snooker. Was Jimmy, Jimmy Snooker. Snooker. Bonzi, tell us who it was. So uh, this could be, you could laugh at us because I don't even know what the wrestler was like. Was it Randy Savage? No, you're completely wrong as well. No. It, it was Lex Luger. Was it? Oh, aye. <laughs> you're close. Has he no about like a fucking steroid pal who got lifted, though? I think he was when we knew him in the 90s, but I think earlier on he wasn't. Um, he ended up in a fucking wheelchair because he always steroid. Uh, is he still alive? Yeah. I mean, he's a shell of a man. but Because uh, I picked him in the wee... Bet that we had years ago. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. We can talk about that. That's a thing. We talked. Well, we talked about it a few weeks ago. They've been on the Steve as well, though. Oh, oh the Aye. <laughs> Listen, we still call it a stream after months and no actually streaming. So. <laughs> right, and just just one last piece of trivia. There are a lot of holes in one. The film reportedly moved wrestler Roddy Piper so much that he broke down and cried after a screening. Doesn't surprise me. Um, oh, I, Piper, a lot of I was going to say, Zoddy Piper's one of the folks that could probably relate to this. Um, like, have any watched The Resurrection of Jake the Snake? Yes. No. Yes. No. It's excellent. I highly recommend it. It's basically um, this. <laughs> but real life. It's definitely this. It's basically this, but real life. Um, oh, was that movie where I was getting confused with Kill that this film sort of been based on Jake the Snake's life? Was that movie where I've got confused? That maybe that came out. You're just flinging out old wrestlers' names and hoping they stick there, to be honest. Well, I meant when I said Randy Savage, I meant to say Jay the Snake. I didn't even get the right wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> just realised that. You fucking moron. I was right. I just wanted to take this moment to wish uh, Jake the Snake Roberts well, because I uh, read today that he's uh, struggling very badly with his health. So We know he's listening, so Jake, I know you're best you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna have a coffin fit. So I think we should move on. Right. Score. Do you want me to kick off with the scores then, or have you got anything else to add, Denny's? Well, I know you don't have a. Uh, you're you're struggling a bit with your voice, but at least give us a couple of lines of what you thought of the actual film, Kyle. 
it was good. Boys there, thank God. <laughs> no, I, I, I've seen this multiple times, and maybe even close to double digits. You seen this film? I think it's a really good film that I could watch over and over again. And like I said, it prompted me to then go and look at what other wrestling stuff that I could watch. I was watching old Jake the Snake, Randy Savage matches, and then watched that t- TV show as well. Um, it sucked me in. It's quite an emotional film. I felt like um, just tearing up at loads of different scenarios. I think it it touches a lot. Of, uh, a lot of points about the the difficulties of what's ultimately a selfish guy um, struggling to maintain his relationship with his family, um, struggling to get a relationship with somebody that he's clearly in love with, um, can't keep a job, can't work a job. It, it, it makes it seem, when you watch WWE as a kid, it's such a glamorous life, right? And you people grow up wanting to be the next John Cena, wanting to be the next Randy Orton, without realizing how small of an opportunity that is to even get close to that. And the, the you touched on earlier as well about how he he's got no money, but he still gets his tanned and his hair done. He's still buying drugs to like deal with the pain, drugs to deal with the growth, drugs to make him look a certain way. And it's like he can't actually live his life because he's trying to build a career and trying to build this personality but then he's also got to be that personality kind of be himself it's quite a it's it's it just opens your eyes a little bit to what the reality could be for something like that yeah um it's not just sticking on a sparkly suit and go out and you have sixty thousand fans cheering you every single every other night as well um yeah brings you down to earth as well a lot i think Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is much of a dumbfit coffin. Yeah, well, Kel so, keeps coughing and drinking. I'll uh, I'll give my score. So, um, I'm going to give it a three point seven five. Oh, you next, Daniel? Yeah, I'm going to make a prediction now that you're the lowest out of everybody. Uh, I'm going to give it a four point. Well, I've been torn between a 4.5 and a 4.75, but I was discussing it as so many my 4.75. I love this movie. Sean? Uh, I am going to agree with Hunter. So me and Hunter both score this a 4. You got enough in you to say one number? I keep forgetting that I'm mute. Right. I've got my mic muted. Eh? <laughs> eh, it's really good for a podcast, yeah. A mute participant. <laughs> eh, I, I'm going to go a little bit higher than eh, Sean and Hunter to come with a 4.5. Let the mathematician get to it. That's an overall 4.2. I did think I was going to be the worst out of you all, to be honest. Um, but I'm glad you all enjoyed it. Good pick. 4.2, that's fucking high. This is high. That is 4.2 high. now puts this film um, joint 16th with Fight Club. Wow. I'd say that's a bit fair, but, well, I could see it fair in terms of all used, but I enjoyed Fight Club more than this, which is part of my reasoning for my score, so. I'll tell you, still, of all the sports films, Moneyball is yet to be topped. That's only because you've missed it. Moneyball... <laughs> no, just in my opinion. All right, it's, sorry, uh, I you meant in terms of scoring. No, no, in, in my opinion, I've, I've yet to watch a sports-based mm-hmm. film that I've enjoyed more than Moneyball. 
So I'll look I'm forward to the next. Set. I'm right. going to look for. I'm going. To, um, I was going to say, Kyle, sports movies isn't something we don't have on the actual wheel, is it? Don't think so. I think you didn't put that on to begin with because you thought I was going to pick sports films all the time if it came to me. <laughs> well, that's just got three three sports movies in our top 21 movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just move on then to Silver Linings Playbook so that Kel doesn't have to talk anymore. Um, <laughs> so this is the one that I was worried to see what your reviews are um, for this one. So um, I thought this was class. Um, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was incredible. I, I would go as far to say that's probably the best since we've, well, since all the films I've watched, this is the best act, acting performance I've seen. Wow. Um, I thought, like, <laughs> Kel's face is just in shock. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just thought that whenever, obviously at the start of the film, she's not really on screen to begin with when they set, when they set it um, with Pat's character. And as the film progresses, as she is on screen pretty much the full time, well, pretty much every scene, I would say, which definitely added it, added to it for me. Um, some of the lines, I can't, I was trying to think when I was taking down some notes after it, Um I couldn't think of any specific lines, but she has like when she has many rants and things like that throughout it. It's so believable in her character, and I felt really drawn in by her and and her and her emotions and how she was obviously having. It took her a lot to open up to Pat about the death of her husband, um, but yeah, I thought she was thought she was awesome in it. Um, De Niro was. I read the synopsis before this when I picked it, but I thought he obviously had a really small role in the film, but I thought he played that perfectly too. Um, and it needed the extra NFL pack to it. I didn't really understand some of the wordings they were using when they were talking about the gambling, because obviously it's completely different to if we're putting bets on with football, I've no interest in NFL at all. So like when they were talking about it wasn't a lane, it was something similar to that. I was just like, it went right over my head, but it didn't really matter. It was more just that didn't, that part, that part didn't really interest me. But if you just had it based on Pat's demons with um, having to go into the the, hosp- the mental hospital with bipolar and coming out and it's just all about him trying to get back with his ex-wife, then that would have been, it would have just been too, too much about the same thing. They definitely needed this sort of subplot to it. Um, and it did do a good way to me of showcasing his like reactions in certain circumstances at the start, where it's like he's smashing the window, he's going, he's going off the boil at some people. Um, and I just think Brad Bradley Cooper was pretty pretty good at it as well. Not anything on Jennifer Lawrence, but it wasn't as if I was. Sometimes obviously I watch a film like or prefer one of one far more than the other. Um, for he he was pretty pretty decent in it as well. The scenes where it was. Uh, the characters of Pat and Tiffany together, like I found it was, I was laughing quite a lot throughout it. Although it was, although it was sometimes we were talking about serious subjects, it was quite light, like hearty because they were ripping each other quite often as well. Like from the first meeting when they're talking about the medication that they're on, it's obviously they're not laughing about it at that stage. Um, but you could sort of, you could tell from that early on that that was obviously going to be the main 
part of the film, whereas I, I originally thought that it was going to be based all on the more of the ex-wife and she was going to maybe come in halfway through. She only turns up in like the, not the final scene, but the final scenes that are there obviously at the, at the dance. And if they brought her in before that, it definitely wouldn't have been as enjoyable for me. Um, also, like when they had this argument at the diner, um, when it starts off with him obviously like finding out about how she was like sleeping with her in the office and whatever, and he's just like wanting to probe her about it constantly. And it turns out that she goes crazy at him. But also they seem to have this relationship where they've got each other's back. Like she obviously defends him. And then when that creep turns up at her door, which he did look like a proper creep, creep as well, <laughs> like the way he was acting and whatever. Like that was probably another kind of good cast. And it was obviously, if you did it like a young, like a someone, it was obviously like a, a lot older guy. And the lines he was given was basically just like, I'm coming to sleep with her. And right. obviously what she'd been doing, it's obviously going through that time in her life where that's that's what she was doing. And that was like her life, life 24-7, it sounded like, to be honest. Um as far as you can say it, she was being a slag. She called no, she called herself like a slut in the film. So <laughs> I didn't think I need to say it because it was a line. <laughs> no say take yourself off mute for that bit <laughs> as well. Um, but then I didn't. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just a bit blind, but like in the, in picking up things in a film. But like I didn't expect um, Tiffany to be the one that was writing the letters back. That came as a surprise to me, and also that the family were were in on it from the very start in terms of trying to get him something to concentrate in his life on. And you I, don't, I was just there before you move on. I didn't call that family sort of being involved in any way, and I'm still a bit confused about that. If that wee bit where they were in the kitchen, they were talking about him. Um, but I definitely called straight away that she wrote the letter. Like, 100%. Yeah. I guess it's like you could tell early on that she obviously did really like him. And she, and obviously her go-to, like, at the very start was, like, try to get him to sleep with her. Um, because probably that that's obviously what she's been doing for however many years since her husband had passed. Um, but you could tell... Like for the way Jennifer Lawrence did it, you could tell that obviously she was like a person that had been, she obviously had like massive struggles in the past. Um, maybe not even just with her husband passing it. it was maybe there was maybe more to more to life that she didn't really know what she, maybe she didn't really know what she was doing with her life. They didn't obviously go into depth about her personal life or whatever. Um, but you could tell there was real genuine emotion there from her, and there was points throughout it that you could tell that. Um, he was struggling, Pat was struggling in terms of, because he's obviously, at first he's desperate to get his wife back, but he's he's getting torn by her and how their relationships progress. It seems as if it's more, it's, it's something that was obviously a friendship, and then they obviously, they've obviously had feelings for each other for the very start, which comes out towards the end. Um, and I thought the scenes at the dance and whatever they were spotting too, I can't really fault it, it's like I'd, I felt like it was one of those films that had been taken on a full journey. Um, and you'd said about how this sounds like I'm, I'm going to sound like really soppy here, but like I felt a lot more emotional watching this than I did like the rest of in terms of like wanting a happy end and seeing their characters. And although it kind of is a happy ever after end, and like it worked perfectly for me, like it was as if I was like, and I think that's because both of the characters came across so well that you were actually wanting them to be together. Um, and because the relationship seemed that strong, um, but as I say, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was incredible. 
Like, I couldn't fault anything. And I think it was, everything felt so believable when she was a Yachty foot. You felt when she was, you felt how she was, had like, her, she had a guard up and then she was letting somebody in. And then at first he sort of takes, he sort of takes a piss at her a wee bit as well. And then obviously she sort of falls for him. Um, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was class. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that somebody's going to come in and shit all over it though. But I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Daniel, I think. So I'll pass over to you and you can bring me down to air. Um, so, <laughs> no, I actually uh, very much enjoyed this. I'm going to uh, go against what you think. No, I thought it was good. I, I genuinely thought this was a really good film. Um, I'd, I'd sort of avoided this because I thought it was going to be wanky pish based on what I'd read about in the trailers and stuff like that. Um, but I, I kind of got on it right for the start. And I don't know, I, I, it felt like a really interesting movie to me. I didn't enjoy it for the same reasons as you were today. I didn't enjoy it for the emotion or like their relationship particularly. I thought it was a really good portrayal of mental health issues in a movie, which mm-hmm. you pretty much never see. It's always like, craziness is always, or people, well, it's usually the word crazy is used a lot in movies, and it's always portrayed a very particular way that mm-hmm. folk that have got a mental health issue are fucking off the fucking planet crazy. Whereas it, it felt real. It felt like these are real people and this is folk that you've met in your life have got these sort of issues. Um, like, I was, like, for me, for example, like, I've got ADD, which is one of the things like Chris Tucker's character mentioned, right? Um, and I do, I can relate a wee bit that I spend a lot of my life putting a lot of effort into not saying exactly what I actually think um, and responding to things maybe and having to take a wee step back. And I know that Younger me, you will probably know this yourself, how confrontational I maybe was when you first met me compared to maybe how I am now. <laughs> it's, it's taken me a... Still a wanker. Still a wanker, obviously, but that's my personality. That's not my mental health. But uh, I, I could really relate to little moments where you could see them having to take an extra second and then respond. Or the times where they didn't have that second, where everything's were a bit frantic, that's when you say the thing you're not supposed to and you accidentally say something that maybe hurts someone's feelings or you take some of this mm-hmm. step too far. Um, and I'm bad for and this is what these ones were bad for as well, is once, it's in, once I'm into it, you all know as well, once I'm into an argument, for example, I'm never going to stop until someone else stops it, if you know what I mean. So I, I totally found that really, not, not so much relatable, but it felt real. Um, I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really well filmed. Chris Tucker's character was good. The support cast in general actually were brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think that's what probably makes this, um, having all those little bits in the background, because they're all mentally unwell. Like, his dad's got severe OCD, like severe. He's deluded. He's fucking mental. The mum, obviously, is an enabler. Do you know what I mean? She fucking does all the stuff for the Bertillo's character. She makes some of the specific food, because you always notice that she's making the same food. Right. Never that, no. so she was making, I think it's crab cakes and something else, um, but it's always the same stuff that she's always saying, I'm going to make this, and it was always the exact same food. Um, he had to have his wee TV remotes lined up the same way, and he mm-hmm. had to have all this sort of stuff, and he was really struggling as well. So I think a lot of this is like your nature versus nurture, 
is he mental because his mum and dad are a bit mental or is it something that is in him and his own? Um, and then you've got the opposite with her, whereas I think it was, her situation is a lot more accepted by her family and it seems to be a lot, she's a lot more functional compared to him, whereas he's taken it far too far. Um, but to be fair, if you come home and you see your wife in the shower with one of your colleagues, that's what's going to happen. What happened is exactly what would happen in 90% of those situations. Um, and you wouldn't blame him for it. Uh, it is what it is. I felt really sad for him when he was desperately trying to cling on to this woman that made him feel like shit, that he was fat and he had to lose this weight and he had to do all this stuff. And ultimately, she was cheating on him. Um, I really liked the moment where he went up to her and he whispered in her ear, but you never got to hear what he said. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Uh, really good point. And then he all, they also did it with him and Jennifer Lawrence afterwards. And you never quite got to hear what he said. Um, I slightly just a couple of minutes later, which I loved. Um, but I was I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this. It, nothing all that exciting happens. It just sort of flowed. It just kept going. Uh, it was a really quick two hours. I think we spend a lot of time sometimes complaining about the length of a film and it's too long or the zag bits out. But there was nothing in this that I felt should have been cut um, or it was unnecessary. Um, I I was shocked by how much I enjoyed it. It's good. When you mentioned about the, just what I remember, as the dad and son, is like they touched on that when they, when he was giving them a lift to the NFL game, because I think, I can't remember what it was, I think his dad got, he'd been bad for like, pitting right. football, right. and then it, I think it was, a, I think it was um son that says like how, he's like, oh, maybe we're not that dissimilar after all, and then when you said about the, the cooking bit, as I remember, when you said whatever, I can't remember what you said that she was cooking, but as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, I remember that. So it must have been more than once that she said it throughout the film. Yeah. And then the other thing yeah. I mentioned about the whispering just made me remember it's like the use of the letters throughout it was quite interesting as well because I always referred back to it. Um, and I think as well the mental health stuff is like, although it wasn't constant throughout the film, because it wasn't, it wasn't as if they just had it all at the start and then forgot about it, but it was more subtle. When they were interrupting each other and saying things that didn't didn't mean and apologising like the two main characters, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, is, I think that was that was good as well because it was as if they didn't need to keep on pointing at you saying these characters have got issues. It was more just like it was shown they can be normal, like you say, without having to delve far too deep into it. Sorry, I just thought I'd add that when I was well remember because of a son that you had said there, Daniel. When you go to <laughs> on, uh, I, I mm. didn't like this. Uh, <laughs> that that little deep breath tells you everything. <laughs> it's uh, there's been a couple of films not like this, but this was kind of different in terms of like it was obviously like because they both struggled with mental health and both had issues and stuff like that. So in that sense, it was different. But um. I, this is more my problem than anything else, but I just get really bored when I watch like romance type drama films. I just, I can never seem to get into them at all. Uh, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was really good in it. I thought Bradley Cooper was horrible in it. I really didn't like Bradley Cooper's portrayal in this whatsoever. I thought it was over the top. Uh, I thought that, and I'm, maybe he was supposed to, but I thought his character just came across like, it's just a dickhead. 
And I know that obviously you made the point that, that he's caught his wife cheating with, with one of his colleagues, who, from what I remember in the shower scene, looked like an older man, like yeah. quite a quite a bit older. So obviously that's going to do stuff to you and stuff like that. It just seemed very, very, very loud. And but is it is it a, was it bipolar he had? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that he suffered from. His, his bipolar. Uh, I don't know. I I just thought that it was it was overacted at points and stuff like that. Uh, to kind of really hit home the fact that he's got bipolar and he's going through all this stuff, it just felt quite over the top at points. Uh, on the flip side of that, I thought Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal was was really really good. Obviously, with uh, with the stuff about her husband dying and stuff like that, they kind of left that kind of it was obviously mentioned quite a few times. Obviously, when they first met. Uh, although I, I did find it quite kind of funny, like like when she's walked in for that, uh, when he was ruined at the uh, the other couple's was for dinner, and he was getting told, or uh, like she's coming round, but but he's dead. I can't remember the husband's name. Was it Tommy or something like that? And he'd asked the question, oh, uh, oh, oh, what happened?" And straight away when she walks in, he's like, "Oh, what, how did your husband die?" Like it was, and he yeah. was just very, very like to the point, very. Like stone face saying it, and I, like I felt quite awkward watching that. Uh, but I, it's just no my kind of film, and I've just, I just seem to have like a barrier up where it's like in the first ten minutes I can tell if I'm going to like something like that or no, and this just wasn't for me at all. I just felt it quite over the top at times. Uh, but I, I really didn't like Bradley Cooper in it whatsoever, and I like Bradley Cooper like I do like like uh, other stuff I've seen him, and I think he's really good. Uh, but I just I, I couldn't I just didn't feel it with us I, th- I thought it was quite over the top if I'm honest uh, this is that, that would be um, smoothly we couldn't have because that would have been like eight good reviews in a row if you'd liked it so we can't have that no, no I can't <laughs> have that uh, but uh, before we uh, go into Kyle do you want me to give Hunters or do you want to give yours Kyle or? I, I just wanted to slide in there on the, on the Bradley Cooper because the, the expression that each of the boys showed there when you said that you didn't like him, shot, I was right where I left them because I felt he was excellent. Like he was obviously portraying a, um, someone who's stuff, suffering from a mental health issue, and I felt like you could see that looking at him and that impulse re- re- response he gives when she walks through the door and asks about the husband was because that there was nothing else in his mind at that time. He could not not ask that. That was probably play, mm-hmm. plays into the disorder. I'm assuming I don't know. I don't know how these things work. But I was just uh, I was just checking because I know that he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for this because it was the first. It was the only film for that year that had both female and male uh, nominated in leading roles. Uh, but I wanted to have a look to see who he was up against for that year. Uh, so that that year, so Bradley Cooper obviously for Silver Linings Playbook, Hugh Jackman for Les Mis, Denzel Washington for Flight, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, and the winner was Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln. What a year that is, eh? That's, That's a strong year. Strong. I, went, I went to the picture to see Les Mis and he uh, walked out halfway through it. Oh fucking! <laughs> I also like. I also went to the pictures to see that, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen to the picture. Fuck me, man. I genuinely would, I would oh, fucking brutal. Uh, but just on the back of what Kyle said, obviously, I just felt that it was too, in terms of, like, look, I, I've, I've got mental health issues, this is what, it was too, like, just, like, constant, he was doing it constantly, and it was constantly driven home that he had these issues, which I suppose, obviously, 
is is the point, uh, and it, and it is important that 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 there is these kind of films, and this was was just like what two thousand and eight nine this came out, is that right? Twelve, I think. Twelve. Twelve. Was it? I thought it was like two thousand and nine. Well, there you go. But see, even back in two thousand and twelve, it see stuff like mental health. It was nothing like it is today. It was hardly, from my memory anyway, in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was more something that people would have been ashamed about. And so it is nice to see like films like this uh, tackle these kind of issues because now obviously people are a lot more open about it and rightly so. And people, and it is taken much more seriously as it should be. Whereas even back in 2012, I don't know about you guys, but what age was that? That was 10 years ago. So I was 22. I don't recall it being so, no. being so open and, and people being welcoming to others, kind of saying and opening up about their troubles and stuff like that. So I suppose it's a film ahead of its time in that sense as well. Good point, yeah. actually, because I suppose 10 years ago, it really has been the last like, maybe four or five years that has come to the forefront publicly. Um, and it's talked about all the time now, whereas, it, God, even though it's mad to think that, that was only 10 years ago, it really wasn't, was it? Um, uh, Again, that's I suppose what I was mentioning earlier on that normally in a movie, the portrayal of someone is just that they're fucking crazy and yeah. yeah. Aye, so I you make a good, really good point there. I think. Thank you. Well, there, there was a there was an alternative actor that was originally cast in the lead role before they decided to change it and go with Bradley Cooper, which would have turned this into a whole different film. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll spare you the, the the thinking process, but Daniel, it's your favourite, Mark. Ah, uh, that would have been shite. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg was cast originally. Uh, it was Mark, Mark Wahlberg uh, beat Vince Vaughn to get the role originally. Vince Vaughn? Yeah. I think he would have been all right, actually. I think Vince Vaughn would have been all right. I can, I can get on board with Vince Vaughn. It came out of left field there, but I think he could have done well in this. Um, oh, yeah, under the actor, Vince Vaughn, by the way. I like Vince oh, Vaughn. So do I. There you go. Um, guys, I'm, I'm going to give it short and sweet with mine before you go to Hunters, because we're going to start call. <coughs> oh, God. <laughs> lost them. Someone a coughing fit. Let's hope Apologies. Uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep it short and sweet. I really like it. Really good. It's a second watch for me for this one. I feel like I watched it when it first came out and didn't really understand it, because I've, I've seen it pop up loads on Netflix and all these different places, and I've been like, did I like that or not? Like, I couldn't I can't remember disliking it, but I can't remember overly liking it. But on a rewatch, paying attention to it, um, not as pa- not as passionate as Burnsy on it there, but Jennifer Lawrence is class. She's class in everything, but she is particularly good in this. I really enjoyed Bradley Cooper. I felt that like they work really well. It's the little things like he's like keeps the bin bag on him when he's running, and he's got to have all these. He's got to have all these little compulsions. That little bit where he wants to run one way, but she'll only run the way that he's running. And that interaction is dead funny, but also incredibly awkward as well at the same time. Because she's obviously got her her agenda that she wants to go after him. But he's trying everything in his power to get away because he's so fixated on his ex-wife. He kind of see around that. He kind of see that there's this other female giving him attention. He's just fixated because of his mental health issues that he's got. That he's going to do that. He's doing his run. It has to be this way. It can't be any other way. And it's just a, it's a really funny but really awkward scene. That one um, is one that stood out for me. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Colin, when you were saying about how he's fixated on his ex-wife, though, he says at the end, obviously, from the very start, that he, he was trying to hide his emotions because he saw her and knew there was a connection. So, like, I think it was more... To me, it was... I didn't spot at the time, but he was... When he did that, when he gave her the letter, it was as if maybe he wasn't as strong for his ex-wife to begin with. He was more more torn, I guess, to begin with. The way that that was that he saw reunited with his ex-wife as him being better. That was, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. his focus yeah. on being yeah. based on what she was telling me. So he had to lose the weight, he had to do this, mm-hmm. he had to do that. And I think when he actually realised and he read that letter, and I think when he realised it came from Jennifer Lawrence, it was like, she actually cares about me. And she was like, mm-hmm. she's tried to let me down gently, but she wants to keep me in blah, blah, blah. And I think at that point, seeing his wife was like the closure they needed, maybe. And I like to think the way he whispered in her ear was like, go on and have a good life, like we're better without each other, whatever the fuck you wanted to be. And he's realised that chasing after somebody who doesn't want you isn't going to get you there. But aye, good point again. And I was just going to add, is like in terms of the storyline as well, is obviously when he finds out that she's lied and told him the letter was for his ex-wife, they didn't really concentrate on that because the more concentrated his emotional side in terms of what how what she was trying to do, which obviously in a way it wasn't right that she'd lied to him and got him this letter that he thought was from his ex-wife, but if they went in debt for that, it would have been a rubbish way to go. Like, they were as well just, like, going across it and him thinking about it, taking it in for, like, a week, I think it was, before he admitted what had happened, whereas if he just blew off the handle at her, it would have just been a bit of... But I, it would have ruined it a bit, I think, too. What did Hunter think? Before we jump into Hunter, I'm just going to jump in with one little bit of trivia that I thought was really funny. Um, Jackie Weaver, who pay, plays uh, De Niro's wife, um, she tells a story about how the, they were sitting in the, the ballroom dancing scene watching it with about 300 other people. And uh, <laughs> when they were putting up the points and they were obviously doing the, the rehearsals of it, she kept uh, doing the maths, and the maths never uh, never um, added up to five, but the producers hadn't noticed, and she went and pulled one of them aside and said, these don't add up to five. So it was a very, very last-minute change to get the right numbers to add up to five. Sounds like me, but I'm doing it. <laughs> it's exactly what I thought. It's like, fucking, it burns again, five numbers in his way out of place. <laughs> but it just goes... I think things like that are really funny, that there can be hundreds of people in a room, directors, producers, and all that kind of stuff, and it's a little detail like that would fuck the whole film mm-hmm. if yeah. they fucked it up. Mm-hmm. So let's bring in the, the mysterious traveller. So it was texting Hunter during, during the week, and I'm saying that he might, he might not potentially make it, but obviously Hunter being well-known amongst the group has been the liar. I just assumed that he was wanting a night off. He's not actually he's not actually away for work. Um, don't know what he's up to because he's at it. Uh, just one liar. Going not, into Hunter, just before uh, I read his thing, I'm going to stick up for him because people listening won't know that that's a joke. Uh, he's not a liar. <laughs> uh, he is actually an honest man. Uh, so they, uh, it is just a, a running joke. It's his nickname. Uh, before anybody. A liar as well. Do you remember how all that came about with the Zoom? I, mean, that's 
Yeah, uh, there was there was a reason why he gets started getting called the liar though. We didn't just come out with it. It's because he convinced. What was it? It um, was a, a um, party hang. House party. Yeah. House party hang. Aye. Remember, party. remember when the people the, stealing your bank details and taking aye. deposit money at your bank and everything, and aye. folk fell for it because it came from what we thought was the most honest man in the group, and it turned it was just a total liar that had been egged on by. I think Daniel was involved in that. Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> He's involved in most fucking WhatsApp pranks. And go back to the, the quiz night as well. Oh, the quiz night. Let's talk the quiz night. The greatest. Oh. The greatest one. Anyway, Hunter, we're going to Hunter's, uh, Hunter's review here before we get sidetracked with, <laughs> with, with quiz nonsense and stuff, guys. Uh, Hunter uh, found it really hard to connect with Copper. Uh, I'm assuming he means Cooper. Uh, I'll let my way with that. <laughs> Maybe he means the, the guy that had to keep coming to the door. There. Aye, the door. Aye, the pause. Because it was a Cooper that was involved. So. Uh, so, found it really hard to connect with Cooper and De Niro in this. Cooper just seemed to be a cunt more than someone with mental health issues and was so unlikable. Never rooted <laughs> for him at all. Uh, J-Law was let down by having such an unlikable co-star, but still shone brighter when it was uh, the two of them on the screen. Uh, although in a much more reserved role compared to what we were used to seeing in uh, Russia, I felt Rock still provided some comedy relief when he was on. The ending was a letdown again. Would have been more enjoyable to see the bet not come in and De Niro get his comeuppance, his cunty character deserved and lost everything. Uh, I don't think he enjoyed it, guys. <laughs> well, I do agree with him on one point, though, that the bet and the the gambling all coming and being good at the end that uh, seems to quite a lot of films and yeah I, I, I didn't quite sit right with me either I would have much preferred that well, was it the parlay is it the parlay the, 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 the term that was what I was looking for earlier parlay well we'll forgive him for calling uh, Chris Tucker Chris Rock for we well fuck I've just noticed that aye. I didn't even click on that that is atrocious. I didn't know he was talking about it. I was wondering. What That's pure stereotyping, by the way. <laughs> Shocking. Yes, we sometimes we do stereotype comedians. Jesus Christ! Just because one's in, been in the news recently, he's obviously just thought of. Because did you see the thing with Dave Chappelle as well? And then Chris Rocks came on the mic and goes, "Was that Will Smith when somebody came and speared Dave Chappelle on stage?" Brilliant. Uh, uh, that guy got absolutely mauled. Did you see the pictures of him afterwards? I never seen the pictures, but I seen a few videos of it happening, and it it, it didn't look like he was uh, just walked out of the, walked out of the arena. That was arm looked like a figure eight. His arm was folded the wrong way. Is the only way I can describe it. Quite right. There needs to be a message sent out to these cunts. I think you can just go up and fucking. Saying that I defended Will Smith, so what am I talking about? But anyway, <laughs> uh, Daniel, let's say uh, before before we do move on uh, to the scoring, please share the quiz night story. Okay, I'll tell the quiz night story. Uh, so, as you can probably tell, we're all quite competitive with each other, um, and we like to beat each other at stuff. So we went. To, was it a charity quiz? It was for charity, or was it for uh, the, uh, football club, wasn't it? Uh, we went to a quiz. Um, and this was arranged for weeks in advance. So we had two teams within our little group. So who was with me, actually, involved me in this? And you know? we were, uh, it was because the other four, they had arranged it, and I was like, I've named it to go with. So I had to get get some people that didn't go to the football in. 
<laughs> oh, so it was a pity <laughs> invite, Bumsy, is that what you're saying? Was... for the group, like Kyle and Daniel. It was a pity invite, well, I said outside the people that go to the football, because they they'd oh. all arranged to go together, and I was like, well, I want to go. But we, we all, I obviously recruited based on knowledge instead of people that would go to the football. So we know how competitive everyone is, and we've got lots of group chats, right? Now, we've had to spend a lot of time planning this, but what we did was we wanted to let Sean think subtly that we knew the answers, but we didn't want him to know that we knew the answers, so we had an unfair advantage. That's what we wanted to get across. You, so your friend me. Daniel was uh, the, the quiz master. Yes. Uh, so we are friends with the guy who was doing the quiz. We laid that out as the sort of groundwork for this uh, lie, and we chose, we've got a FIFA, group chat which is geeky but we've got one and we chose that on purpose because Sean was in it right but back then you never really used to speak much in the FIFA chat Sean you oh. weren't as involved as us whereas now you are a lot more so we just started openly talking about the cheating that we were going to do and like how we had the answers and like how we knew the questions in advance and all that sort of stuff knowing that Sean was there in the background knowing that you were going straight back to your team going they're fucking cheating <laughs> Uh, and we kept it. Did we? When did we actually tell you? Was it on the night? Uh, I think it was in the crowd. Was it? Or did we go to the pub first, and then you told them at that point, maybe? Because I didn't. I was in your uh, team, but I didn't know this. Before. I was in your, I'm not geeky enough for the FIFA chat, so I think uh, I, I think agree. it was maybe revealed at that night. Because we were in the crown before, and it was all we were talking about it in the crown, so it was definitely before we actually went. Uh, uh, and you, but you were you started to backtrack a little bit, like you didn't. Think it was, but you hundred percent that we were cheats. I loved it. Oh no, I, I went running back squealing. I was absolutely squealing for the rooftops and that, and and the other track. It was me. It was me, Neil, uh, me, Neil, Dave, and Mark in the team, and we've got a group chat as well. So I was straight, and I was screenshots and everything, uh, getting myself into some state. Aye, <laughs> uh, funny. What a bunch of horrible bastards. Well, let's get moving on to the scores then. Yeah. All right, Obviously. I'll go first because Kel's having an off cloth and fit. Um, easy for me, five at five. What? what? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Bye. I didn't see it. I said I completely loved it. There wasn't, any, there wasn't a downside to the film. I said the only bit I said was a couple of the bits for the NFL stuff. I didn't understand their meanings. Out with that. Class. Fair play. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to later when Daniel puts us into the draft chat to ask other people what they think you scored that. I know. Aye, that'll be interesting. Um, so for me, I would, I liked it, but no one near to that level. <laughs> and uh, sorry for the noise in the background. Um, but I'm going to give it a solid four. I thought it was really enjoyable. Good performances, decent wee story. And uh, now it's just going to slowly come downhill. I'm going to yeah. jump in and give it a four also before Sean and Hunter ruin it for everybody. Oh, lovely. So I will give Hunter score first. Hunter scores it a 1.75. And I am going to score it quite a favourable uh, 2.25, I feel. Because I do think, just kind of thinking back about what I said about how 10 years ago the perception of mental health was different. So uh, it's quite a brave film to make at that time, I suppose. So good on them. So they get a wee, a wee, a wee boost. Oh. Yeah. 
Still, still, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> that, that was a lot higher than I expected for you, Sean, so far. Uh, it was, uh, Overall, that gives us a 3.4, which is probably what I thought it was going to get, even with me knowing I was giving it a 5. I, I, knew, I thought somebody was going to completely give it like a 1 or something, so. Like that asshole hunter. Call her names like that because she's not here. Uh, so that then brings us uh, to the joint 45th alongside Big Hero 6 and Inglorious Bastards. company, it's in. Big Hero 6, by the way. Is that, that's fucking, I still love that. Big Hero 6, under the eight. I'm still waiting for Wreck It Ralph 2 to get hit the list, Sean. One day, guys, one day. I'm going to Guys, I'm just saying that to you, Kyle. Why did I send that to you? Sorry, I'm text. <laughs> Try to put that in the in the in our group chat. I've just sent it to Kyle. Fucking idiot. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Right. Picture these, Bobby. Typical name for the group chats. <laughs> the, uh, this one's uncensored as well, guys. <laughs> See on that. Just before you move on for Bobby's, um, oh, no. me and Kyle were we sort of. I Where is this gone, by the way? <laughs> I know, I don't know Tell what me. the fact that when you're talking about Bobby's and now he's going to say me and Kyle, I don't know what you, where you're going with that. I should just stop the recording here and just add like a hard cut. A hard cut? So we Googled us, like we Googled the podcast this week. Is it, have, you, have you guys ever Googled us? No. 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 So... Obviously, we're on Spotify and Audible or wherever you guys are listening at home, right? But um, or in the car. Apparently, most listens are in the car these days. I was reading that on one of these articles. But um, we're actually on a few websites with, like, lists of recommended podcasts for particular topics. One of which is Interviews with Jamie Foxx is what it's called. 60 podcasts with Jamie Foxx interviews, right? Oh, oh, obviously, not listened to ours. Uh, and about the sixth one down, it's pretty high. Is Jamie Foxx's smashing Big Bobby? <laughs> episode. And uh, see when I was just scrolling through and I saw it, I was pissing myself laughing. I was like, what the fuck? Um, uh, we also had a recommended in an old boy uh, podcast recommendations, which was really interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's, that's uh, and you wanted a Jamie Foxx interview, I apologise. And I, I'm gonna go out there and say that old boys got less incest in it than Back to the Future. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know one one podcast right talking about that subject. Uh, it's getting quite uncomfortable now, actually. <laughs> Guys, it, it took me two or three months to get over Star Wars, so I'll, we'll, I'll keep dicking away at Back to the Future until something else comes. There's up. incest in Star Wars as well. Yes, it is. Good point. What are you even talking about? Your favourite film, brother and sister, are shagging. <laughs> so don't you dare ever... Still know as creepy as Back ever, to the Future. Ever, oh, aye, because actual kissing your sister is less creepy than somebody looking at his mum, a, a younger version of his mum's chest. Sean, sure, sure, what we'll do, uh, sidetracking, because these boys won't be aware of this, but we'll add that back to the Would You Rather chats we were having earlier today. <laughs> That's disgusting. Move on. <laughs> We'll move swiftly on for that. Can somebody um, share with us the movies that we're going to be watching and reviewing for next week? Because that has the wrestler finishing on a 4.2 and SLP landing on a 3.4. Quite a productive week for us, guys. Quite an enjoyable one. Yeah. 
Um, so the movies for next week, because I'm assuming that you guys will maybe forget. Um, we yeah. did, if you remember the wheel last week, we got versus um, actors. So we put Johnny Depp in it because he's in the news at the moment. And we put him up against everyone's favourite, Nicolas Cage, for a bit of a laugh. Um, so the winners of the votes are Kick-Ass, which, God, I've got a feeling that's going to get a very wide range of scores. And this, the other movie is What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which I'm going to reveal just now was definitely one of my favourite movies growing up. Um, my first ever email address was a line from this movie. Right. So for next week, when you watch it, I want you to guess what line from this movie was my email address, my first ever email address at like 13 years old. We sound fucking pretentious about it. No. <laughs> uh, well, wait and see. Wait and see. But uh, what is Ian Gilbert great, which is stars, I think it's, a, I don't know if it's the first thing he's done, but it's definitely the first major thing that Leonardo DiCaprio did, um, which I'm very interested in seeing what we think about that. Happy days, because we had originally spoke about potentially doing Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, but we then realised that Amber Heard's done fuck all worth watching. Oh, we should just, sit in the, should just sit and review the trial. Here, I was going to say, by the way, we might put in a little bit of the review of the trial into it next week for something different. Did you hear her mention Kate Moss? So they can now bring Kate Moss in. Yeah, yeah. she mentioned her. And the face of her... Uh, uh, of her lawyer and Johnny Depp's lawyer was uh, side by side and Johnny Depp's lawyer's got a big fist pump turned around and big massive smile on his face. It's funny. It's obviously what's going to happen is that Kate Moss is going to come in and say that that story is absolute bullshit. Uh, I'm assuming. Yep. Fuck it. Guys, time to spin the wheel. Can you guys see the wheel um, on your side? This is obviously great yep. for a podcast where you guys can't see the wheel. But the wheel is spinning to get the cat. Did you add sports? I did, I did, I did. That, uh, shiny boy. <laughs> Here we go. Sinchi's loved the first two, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, Sean, I'm prepared for that. I'm going to have a coffin fizz. You tell everybody what came up. Uh, it came up me. So, my pack again. That's Sean. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I, it's been a, we're getting quite a lot about our own choices. I like this. Uh, I prefer that. I have much better. So, uh, I'm looking forward to what you picked, Sean. Because last time wasn't all that strong. Uh, I'm not going to put Back to Future 3. It'll be two, two, two things different. But I'll, I'll have a look tonight and hopefully have some in over the next day or so. Love it. Beautiful. Well, I'm looking right. forward to that. Rightfully, you're off the fucking list. Guys, somebody, <laughs> somebody do an outro for me today, please. Well, um, if you'd like That's to... all, folks. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, make sure and find us on Instagram um, and see whenever you're listening to this. We're getting like maybe two to 300 people a month at the moment listening. Could you give us a little rating on either Spotify or Audible or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening, please. A little rating would be nice. But I think we're sitting at a 4.9 out of 29 reviews on Apple. Um, one absolute cunt has given us a 2 out of fucking 5. Uh, so if that's you, fuck you. 
Um, but was that, was that Sean? I was actually <laughs> saying I actually meant to put a, a flag. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but uh, aye, apart from that, follow us on um, Instagram and all that shit. And what is it you like to say, Kyle? We bid you farewell. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> coughing like fucking. <laughs> He's just going to keep this recorded now just to annoy us or? Aye, because this is the whole silent in the background. He'll decide when it finishes. Aye. Just keep awkwardly talking shit until it's done. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Last, everyone. What to do is, let's say, how fucking ugly is Kyle's jumper? <laughs> it's actually horrible. It's like Joseph's multicoloured coat. How many colours has it actually got? It? Four? Five? Four? Well, if you include the curry sauce, it's also in the front of it as well. There's an extra one there. <laughs> right. Oh, on on the note of that amazing jumper that I'm wearing, uh, I will stop the recording here, guys. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Whoa! Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.